just when you thought there was no hope for baby boomers. It's the Rational Boomer Podcast. Logic, common sense, compassion. Yeah, who knew? Now, here's Mike. We are back on the Rational Boomer Podcast. Hope your day is going well. Last week here in Minnesota, we had a temperature of like 65 degrees. All right, spring is already here. Nope, we're getting some snow today. Fuck. I mean, that's the problem with Minnesota. The winters are bad enough. They're cold, they're snowy, they're a pain in the ass. But then you get about this time of year and things will start to warm up and you get hopes. Yeah, you get hopes that spring is around the corner. The robins will be out and things will warm up and there won't be any snow. But then there's always second winter. (laughs) You get another blast of snow. And actually in Minnesota, March is supposed to be the snowiest month. It's not the coldest, but it's the snowiest. And then, of course, half the time, these meteorologists will say, oh, it's going to be sunny, or it's going to be snowy, or it's going to be rainy. But half the time, they're wrong. And I'm trying to understand how somebody can do a job where they're 50% right and 50% wrong. I mean, I've told you I was a traffic reporter. If I'd only been 50% correct in what I was telling people, I would have been fired in moments But the weather's a different story. You can't control the weather. But we got a lot of technology. Why can't you give me some advanced fucking warning? Anyway, you know, I had somebody send me an email, and they didn't want it to be uh, read or anything like that. But basically, they were asking me, what do I listen to during the day? I mean, what kind of radio station do I listen to? First and foremost, I'll tell you, I spend most of my day consuming news one way or another. Uh, TV, audio, reading it on the internet, whatever. I spend a lot of time consuming news for obvious reasons. But as far as radio stations, now I spent 40 years of my life in radio. I do not listen to fucking radio. Radio drives me fucking nuts. It's kind of akin to remember when you were a young kid... And you maybe worked in a restaurant. A lot of people went to that restaurant. But after working in that restaurant, you said, I ain't fucking eating there anymore. I know what goes on behind the wall. That's kind of the way it is for me with radio. I listen to radio. And because radio is kind of a dying business, the quality of the talent on the radio station isn't as good as it once was. Certainly not better than the 60s or 70s where you had these really talented DJs or these really talented news people. People are realizing radio is not the place to be, so you're not getting the best talent. And I'll be perfectly honest with you, I cannot, I refuse to listen to 10 minutes straight of fucking commercials. It drives me goddamn nuts. So I don't listen to radio. So what I do listen to when I'm... uh, looking for entertainment as opposed to news, I listen to some podcasts. And I don't listen to political podcasts. I listen to comedy podcasts or interview podcasts, or sometimes my wife and I, because she's into it, will listen to those crime podcasts or those scary podcasts. I much more enjoy listening to something like that. But there's something I even enjoy more than some of the podcasts I listen to. 
and that's audiobooks. I listen to a lot of audiobooks. I don't get the time. I'm certainly not motivated enough to read whole books. So if I can't do that, the audiobook is the second best thing to do. It causes me to be better read without having to actually fucking read. Yeah, I'm lazy, but I'm in my car sometimes or if I'm around the condo or whatever, I'll listen to audiobooks. And I've listened to a number of them. Some are great. Some are bad, but there's always more audiobooks. And people will say to me, well, I can't afford Audible. I can't afford that. That's too too much. Well, maybe you know and maybe you don't know, but I'll tell you. Do you have a library card? If you don't have a library card, get a library card. Because you can go online and uh, borrow an audiobook online. And it's very simple. You go down the list of things you have, or they have, and you pick out the one you want, you hit the button, you borrow it, and then you download it. And then you listen to the motherfucker. You got 21 days to listen to it. It's a hell of a deal. I used to spend a lot of money on Audible. And uh, I enjoyed Audible. They get the current stuff, and I, I love listening to it, and occasionally I still will. But I'm not going to spend 50 bucks a month to listen to audiobooks if they're sitting over at the library for free. So if you've never tried audiobooks, check them out. If you do listen to audiobooks and you aren't going to the library online, you may want to check that out. All right. Yeah, so that's what I listen to. I don't listen to radio. I listen to podcasts, of course, and I listen to audiobooks. So hopefully that answers your question. I don't listen to a lot of music. I like music, and there's a lot of music I like to listen to. I need something more to stimulate my mind. Now, I know a lot of folks are stimulated by music, and that's fine. It's just not my thing. I need to hear voices, and I need to hear thoughts, and I need to hear opinions and and entertainment to stimulate my mind. Maybe I'm just not mature enough to listen to radio or music all day, but I, I just don't do that. Anyway, let's talk about what's going on in the news. So we've heard that the White House phone logs were released. The White House phone logs from January 6th were released. And now here's the weird thing about those phone logs. Somehow, some way. There's a dead spot, a big dead spot in those phone logs. Seven hours, 37 minutes, nothing was happening. No incoming calls, no outgoing calls. Well, that's really weird. I mean, it's the fucking White House. It's the fucking president. And even more weird is that particular time was the time period the insurrection was going on. So what are the odds of that happening? Now, when we saw this, many of us were supposing possible scenarios as to what was going on. And some people thought, well, Donald Trump is using burner phones, or maybe he's using the phones of his staff just to hide from getting any of this information out to subvert the phone logs, to usurp the phone logs. But of course, Donald Trump isn't that fucking smart. Now, he said he didn't know anything about burner phones. Then John Bolton came out and says, oh, yeah, he knows all kinds of things about burner phones. And he may have used burner phones in that time period. 
But then something came out that was kind of interesting. Someone remembered a call that was made by Donald Trump at about 2.30 on January 6th, the same day where that dead spot is, in that same time period where the dead spot is. Right in the middle of that 7-hour, 37-minute dead spot, there was this phone call. And the reason why people remember it, because there was some news story attached to it, and I'm not sure why it was a news story. It was just another dumb fucking thing that Donald Trump did. And I think the person who got the call uh, mentioned it in some news stories. Maybe you remember this. Trump was calling Representative Tommy Tuberville. You know that QAnon crazy fuck. But instead, he called Mike Lee, another Republican representative who was a little crazy in his own right. So he mistakenly called Mike Lee while he was trying to call Tommy Tuberville. And for whatever reason, Mike Lee mentioned this. I'm sure he was caught up in all the excitement and the fear of going on. And he says, yeah, I heard from Donald Trump, but he thought he was calling Tommy Tuberville. I'm sure he was trying to get that monkey off his back. And that's what he said. But here's the thing about that. It has been verified that that phone call from Donald Trump to Mike Lee, in error, but to Mike Lee, was made on an official White House phone at 2.30 in the middle of that dead spot, 7 hours, 37 minutes. So if that call was made on an official White House phone, that should have shown up on the phone logs. But surprisingly, it didn't. This introduces a totally different angle to what may have happened with that dead spot. Maybe there were some burner phones. Maybe he used his staff's phones. But in this situation, in this particular instance, where a phone call comes out of official White House phone and it doesn't show up on the logs, that can only suggest one thing. That somebody at a relatively high level somehow scrubbed that phone call off the logs. Now here's something else to consider. That dead space is 7 hours and 37 minutes. That's a fucking long time. To think they just scrubbed one phone call and wiped out that whole seven hours is a little ridiculous. It's reasonable to think that, uh, in fact, they scrubbed a lot of phone calls that were going on then. And to be perfectly honest, we heard about Jim Jordan talking to him and all these sorts of things. See, that's the problem. There's been a lot of investigation going on with the January 6th committee. They know a lot of what happened that day by talking to these 700 witnesses. You can scrub the phone logs, but uh, they have evidence that says otherwise. But the interesting thing here is that somebody purposely scrubbed that phone call and probably a bunch of other phone calls off the phone log. Well, that's problematic. I mean, that's a fucking smoking gun. I mean, here's what you got to remember. Donald Trump isn't a bright man. He breaks the law right in front of your face and then says he doesn't do it. And he's gotten away with it for so long, he keeps doing it. But his power, his support is starting to wane. So these stupid little gimmicks of his 
aren't going to work any longer. There's a lot of things coming apart at the seams for Donald Trump. And when something like this comes up, well, he's in deeper trouble. Because we're hearing a lot of things that are going on now, and we'll talk about them uh, in just a moment, uh, about how even the DOJ is starting to look a little deeper into this January 6th insurrection. As much as people said Merrick Garland's not doing anything, as I said yesterday, he did hire 130 new lawyers for the Department of Justice, and you don't do that unless you got a busy schedule ahead of you. But the smoking gun thing is really crucial. I mean, there's always smoking guns when people get taken down. There were smoking guns for Bill Clinton, smoking gun for Richard Nixon, other government officials who have been taken down. There's always that one thing, that one mistake they make that uh, is the smoking gun. (laughs) And this looks like one of them, honestly. This is a bad mistake. You know, it's one thing for Nixon to lose 18 minutes in his tapes It was just erased. It was gone. Nothing was there. Clearly, there was something on that 18 minutes that uh, they didn't want everybody else to hear. Now, they never owned up to it, and uh, it was part of the reason why Richard Nixon was told by the Republican Party, his own party, you better leave because you're going to get impeached. And he did the smart thing, and he resigned. Well, of course, he cut a deal with Gerald Ford, who would take over as president, to pardon him after the fact because he knew he committed some crimes that he could be prosecuted for. Now, the moment uh, Gerald Ford pardoned him, he was free and clear, and now all he was going to be was a pariah for several years until later he became kind of an elder statesman. God knows fucking why. But Donald Trump isn't that smart. He thinks he can make these blatant attempts to somehow subvert the law, subvert the Constitution, and he can leave seven hours and 37 minutes in a phone log absolutely blank. He thinks, well, if it's not there, they can't, they can't convict me of anything. <laughs> well, you don't think they're going to check other shit? And now with the fact that we have at least one call in that seven-hour and 37-minute period that came from an official White House phone. That's a big problem. How do you explain that? Now we got to find out who is the person that's scrubbing this phone log and how many more calls did he scrub. You see where the problem is here. This is going to cause a mess. And there's a lot of things going on that are a bit of a mess out there. Things are kind of closing in on Donald Trump. They're getting closer and closer. And for all of you people that said, oh, nothing's ever going to happen to Donald Trump, you just wait. I disagree with you. I've always disagreed with you. Because what's going on now is totally different than anything we've seen. So you can't say nothing's going to happen to him just like previous presidents. Because this motherfucker has done things that previous presidents never even thought about doing. So let's take it a step further regarding January 6th. The Department of Justice is ramping things up in its investigation into the January 6th Capitol attack to look into the financing and planning of a preceding rally 
at the ellipse. Now, this is where uh, speakers slash in, insiders, Donald Trump, Rudy Giuliani, John Eastman, and some others, yeah, they whipped up the crowd by pushing the false claim that the 2020 election was stolen and then inciting them to attack the Capitol. You remember that. Before the actual insurrection, there was this, I don't know, this, they were whipping up the crowd, just say that. And they were talking about how the election was stolen and how we had to go out there and fight. We've got to take our country back. We'll battle. We'll do all these sorts of things. That was all going on at the lips. And now they had to come up with some money. They had to come up with some planning. And now what the uh, January 6th committee is doing, they are sending out subpoenas and they're going to be talking to those people that were part of the financing and the planning of that rally. Because that rally is where that insurrection came from. None of that would have happened at the U.S. Capitol if not for these people inciting the uh, crowd to go to the U.S. Capitol. Remember, Donald Trump said, we're going to the Capitol. I'm going with you, which he didn't do. And we're going to fight like hell to save our country. Now, everybody knows what that meant. And now, clearly, the Department of Justice is looking into it. Now, you probably didn't know that, especially you people who keep telling me, oh, they're not going to do anything. Merrick Garland isn't doing anything. Well, Merrick Garland and the Department of Justice is doing something, and they're getting ever so close to Donald Trump and his inner circle. They're going to be talking to the people who funded and planned this thing, and they're going to find out a lot of information. These people are going to be on the hook themselves, and they'd rather see Donald Trump, Giuliani, uh, uh, any of these other people fry before they take the heat for it. All they did is what they were told. They were given some money, and God knows where that fucking money came from. I'd hate to be Jenny Thomas now, because Jenny Thomas was reported to have paid for some buses to come up for the insurrection, bringing the insurrectionist up there. I don't know if that's true. I've heard people tell me both sides of the story. It's true. It's not true. I don't know. But the bottom line is we know Jenny Thomas was involved in this bullshit. And she is going to be looked at very hard. And hopefully the January 6th committee will have an opportunity to depose her. And when they do, it will be interesting to see, as I said in a previous podcast, that could be very fucking entertaining. Because this woman is fucking crazy. I mean, she's QAnon fucking crazy. Conspiracy theorist crazy. And when she talks, <clears throat> when she talks, it's damn entertaining. And we'll see what she has to say if she, in fact, does say it. Now, if she refuses, of course, she'll be sent to the DOJ for criminal contempt of Congress. She has no ties to the Trump administration, officially speaking. The only power she has is that she's married to a Supreme Court justice, and that should spill over on him. In fact, there's a possibility they may ask him to testify, given his connection to Jenny Thomas. Now, that's going to be really weird if that happens, especially if Jenny Thomas was involved in the planning and the funding of that rally. Because if she is, it's 
theoretically possible that they would ask the Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas to testify. Now, what does Clarence Thomas do? I mean, here's a guy that's trying to uphold the law. Is he going to try to subvert the law? Well, he might. But that will just add to his bad image at this point. I can only hope that Jenny Thomas and Clarence Thomas have to come testify. Because I think both these people have some legal problems at this point, especially Jenny Thomas. She was in the thick of it. She tried to tell us, oh, I didn't know much about it. I left because it was too cold. But we now know, based on the text she sent to uh, Mark Meadows, oh, she was in the thick of it. She might have been the person who was the main organizer, based on the stories we hear. As I've said, she went into the White House a number of times, so that's why I'm looking to see what they come up with with the visitor logs for the White House on January 6th. We haven't heard about those as yet, but those will be very telling, too. I know that Donald Trump did not want to have those released, and there's probably a very good reason for it. I wonder if there'll be a 7-hour and 37-minute blank spot as far as people visiting the White House. Don't be surprised. I mean, these people aren't very sophisticated when it comes to trying to cheat or or um, have criminal activity. They're not very good at it. To leave seven, minutes, uh, 7 hours and 37 minutes out of the phone logs, well, that's absolutely ridiculous. Any idiot would know, if I do that, there's going to be a red flag, and then they're going to look into it. But you see, the thing with Donald Trump, He's like a lot of people I know, these narcissists and such. They think they can talk themselves out of any situation. They can't, but they're so enamored in themselves that they think they can talk their way out of shit. And most of these people don't really have a lot of foresight. They're just worried about, how do I get myself out of a problem now? The future be damned. I don't care about that. I'm just going to get out of it now, then I'll be fine. But unfortunately, when you're dealing with government positions, there's a lot of documentation. There's a lot of uh, information that's held. So now you have to somehow um, cover up for your lies, but then you have to cover up for the cover-up. And Donald Trump isn't smart enough to do that, as is illustrated with this phone log, with this deep hole. And then in addition to that deep hole, now we have a phone call that we know was made in that time period uh, from an official White House phone, but it doesn't show up on the log. So this, in fact, is a smoking gun. And it's going to be very interesting to see if they can dig out or ferret out who was the one that did it. I'm under no delusion that Donald Trump did it. This fucking guy can barely read a phone log, let alone somehow manipulate it. But somebody in the upper levels was able to do it. Not smart enough to do it well, but smart enough to erase big periods of time on the phone logs. So the interesting thing is um, the Department of Justice is now calling in people who were involved in funding and planning the rally prior to the insurrection. That's where Donald Trump was the star, Giuliani, uh, John Eastman, and some others. I think Gosar was up there, too, or um, a bunch of them were up there, and they were screaming at the insurrectionists, trying to whip them up so they would go break into the Capitol and somehow overturn the election. 
So the good news is the DOJ is doing something with regards to the January 6th insurrection. They're on it. I don't know how long this takes, but the fact that they're on it is a good sign. Hopefully they'll get somewhere and we'll get some results, maybe some indictments and some prosecutions before too long. But everything with the law and everything in government takes a fucking long time. So don't tell me nothing's happening anymore because something is happening. You can tell me that it's not happening fast enough, but don't tell me nothing's happening because something is fucking happening right at this moment. And that's just one of many things that are going on. Remember, coming up sometime shortly, we're going to have the January 6th committee doing televised hearing. And that is going to be the cherry on top because it's going to expose a lot of things. And a lot of people are going to be able to see it. And a lot of Republicans are going to have a lot of trouble trying to refute it. It's going to be in your face. It's going to be very clear and a perfect illustration how these people committed crimes and tried to overthrow our government. That's when the shit is going to start to fly. And as Jamie Raskin said, it's going to blow the roof off the Capitol. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll, we'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify. The global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. As we get deeper into the Trump administration's activities, there are a lot of people that think Donald Trump is a Russian asset. Now, there's also a lot of people calling Joe Biden out for saying Vladimir Putin, that man should no longer be in power. Now, what the people who are Joe Biden's detractors are saying, they're saying that he was officially calling for a regime change in Russia, which is something, first of all, that he shouldn't do. Second of all, he really can't do. I mean, he has no power over that sort of thing. The only per- people that can change the regime in Russia are people in Russia, the military, the government, the people of Russia. Those are the p- only people that have power. In order for us to change a regime would be we'd have to invade the country, take over the capital, and put somebody else in, which happens to be exactly what Vladimir Putin is trying to do. What's interesting is that on Russian television a few days ago, they called for Americans to make a regime change in the U.S. before the 2024 election and reinstating their partner, Donald Trump, as president of the United States. Well, there's a telling sentence. The Russians are calling Donald Trump his partner. Now, keep in mind, Russia is an adversarial country. For all tense and purposes, they are an enemy of ours, not to mention the fact that they invaded a peaceful country unprovoked. They're destroying the country, leveling towns and cities, killing innocent men, women, and children. They are wreaking havoc 
in a country that wasn't bothering anybody. Yet these Russians say Donald Trump is their partner. The question is, will Donald Trump accept them and call them his partner? Now, there's a lot of people that think Donald Trump is willfully attempting to overthrow this government and help out Russia. And that's certainly conceivable in the things we're seeing to date. But there's another way of looking at this, that Donald Trump is in fact just a useful idiot to Vladimir Putin. Now, the reports are that Russia was looking at Donald Trump as much as 40 years ago as a possible asset. That's when he married a Russian or a Soviet uh, woman by the name of Vanna, who is Don Jr.'s, Eric, and Ivanka's mom. Now, I'm not sure what country she came from, but she was in the Soviet bloc at the time because the Soviets had all these other countries tied under their guise. And when he married Ivana, they saw, well, he's an up-and-comer, he's a businessman, he might be a political guy. We need to get into bed with this guy. That's the report. This happened like 40 years ago. And they made a good choice because what they would have to do was try to turn Donald Trump their way against the American uh, public or the American government. What they did do, though, they didn't come in and say, here, Donald, here's the deal, we'll help you out, but you got to go against the Americans and go with the Russians. Now, he probably would have done it anyway if the money was right, but they didn't have to do that because of Donald Trump's personality. He's a narcissistic, sociopathic, pathological liar. All he cares about is himself and his own enrichment. And because he thinks he's such a wonderful guy, he really takes to people who agree with him. Now, the Russians aren't stupid. Vladimir Putin isn't stupid. The whole KGB understands this mentality, and they know how to manipulate that mentality. And it's very simple. All you have to do is flatter the guy, make him feel like a king, treat him like he's special. And all Donald Trump will say, yeah, no, right? (laughs) Somebody agrees with me, and I know it's true because I think it in my head. So what they did is they they cultivated this relationship with Donald Trump. And, and they didn't have to turn him into a Russian spy. All they made him was a useful idiot because he was easily manipulated. Now, people wonder how he's gotten this far with being such a horrible businessman. We know during the time that Fred Trump was alive, his dad, the guy who actually knew how to make money, that he kept bailing out Donald Trump. Every time Donald Trump, who was probably similar to Donald Trump Jr., who was nothing more than a failure, every time he tried to do something, he failed. And then what happened? Fred would bail him out. We know that Fred bailed him out to the tune of four to $500 million over the period of time he was bailing Donald Trump out. So then Fred dies, and what does he do? He does what a lot of people do. He screws everybody else out of the inheritance and gets more money. And then he fails some more and fails some more and starts to lose money. You remember when he filed bankruptcy 
any number of times. But there was a period of time, I think, in the 80s where Donald Trump was really in trouble. But then he, lo- then he rose like a phoenix from the ashes. All of a sudden, he was flush again. And that was about 40 years ago, wasn't it? 30 years anyway. How does a guy who's not a very good businessman, who's done nothing but lose money, I mean, we've seen um, uh, tax records that show he lost a billion dollars over a period of time. How does he all of a sudden come out of it successful? I mean, this guy bankrupted two casinos. This is a fucking license to steal money. It's the perfect business for Donald Trump, who is a fucking thief. But somehow he failed. And I know how he failed. Do you know how he failed? Well, Donald Trump, his eyes were too big for his stomach, as my grandmother would say. He was building this uh, Taj Mahal and this other casino, and uh, he had big ideas for it. He had all kinds of plans for it. And he was building it. It was going to be the biggest and the greatest ever because that's what Donald Trump does. Now, all his people around him were telling him, look, Donald, you can only make this much doing the casino. I mean, the facts and the stats show that. All this money you're spending is going to make it impossible for you to pay back the construction costs. Donald Trump wasn't fucking hearing it. Now he said, I know better. I'm Donald Trump. I'm the smartest motherfucker in the country, if not the world. So he built this Taj Mahal. And guess what? (laughs) Guess what? He didn't make enough money in the uh, casino to pay his bills. In fact, at one point, (laughs) just to give him money to bail Donald Trump out, his dad came down to the casino, bought like, I don't know, $500,000, a million dollars worth of chips, and then took him home with him and never cashed him in. See, that was a backdoor way to give a loan to Donald Trump without having to pay any fucking taxes. So Donald Trump had uh, Fred bail him out again. Now, when Fred was gone and all the money and the inheritance was gone, he was in trouble. He's still a shitty businessman. He's still losing money. He lost a billion fucking dollars. So what happens now? Well, he's got a friend in Vlad. (laughs) Vlad's over in Russia. Now, he's seeing that Donald Trump is getting more popular. He's got a TV show. He's got all this shit. They're trying to talk to him about going into politics, and they see a real possibility for that. So this is a good investment for the Russians. Let's keep pumping money into Donald Trump. we got to keep this motherfucker alive because if he isn't alive financially, he's worth nothing to us. And all this time and money we've put into him is worth nothing now. So, of course, Donald Trump needed a constant influx of money. But because he doesn't pay his bills, there's no bank that's going to loan him any money. Because he doesn't pay him back. But he finds a bank overseas, Deutsche Bank. Now, this Deutsche Bank is kind of shady. And what's interesting, <laughs> I had a mortgage on a house that was held by Deutsche Bank. I should have just fucked him over, but I didn't. Anyway, now Deutsche Bank is a bank. 
As shady as they are, they've been known for doing some money laundering and that sort of thing from time to time. (laughs) And so Donald Trump is able to get money from Deutsche Bank. But again, Deutsche Bank knows he doesn't pay him back. So what happens? So the Russian oligarchs and all these people that have all kinds of money start feeding money to Deutsche Bank. They're carrying the loan, but Deutsche Bank is basically administrating it. So Donald Trump is getting his money to stay alive, and the, and the Russians have a viable potential candidate for elected office or at least a well-known famous businessman, a way in to people's homes in this country. So that was valuable to them. So now Donald Trump will say, I don't have any loans to Russia. The fact is he has all his loans from Russia. His own kids said, we get all kinds of money from Russia. But it's not direct from Russia. It comes from Deutsche Bank. But Deutsche Bank gets the money from Russia. Deutsche Bank isn't taking any risk at all. They're taking no risk at all. Well, eventually Donald Trump is revealed to be inept at building things. He doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. So he gets this TV show, and while it looks like he's building buildings, all he's really doing is licensing his name. These buildings are being built with money from Russia. And then he attaches his name to it. I don't know if he uses that as a way to pay back the loans from Russia, or if he gets paid extra for that. I don't know, but that's what he does. Donald Trump is a fraud. Clear and complete fraud. And he is in bed with Russia as far as you can go. He's been babysat and mollycoddled by the Russians for 40 years. And now he's in deep with them financially. And it's going to be interesting when he's broke and he's done and he no longer has a company. What's Russia going to do? They're going to want their fucking money, I would think. So whatever the DOJ might do to Donald Trump might be small in comparison to what the Russians will do ultimately. Because they're not getting their money back. They're just not getting their money back. Maybe they look at whatever they spent was paid off well, given what they got in the four years Donald Trump was president. But here's the thing. Now we have Russian television going out there and saying, yeah, we need a regime change in the U.S., and we need to reinstate our partner, Donald Trump. That's right, partner. Now, some people might think that's just some rhetoric coming from Russia. But now that we've talked about what's going on with Donald Trump and Russia, we can see they are, in fact, partners with Donald Trump. As bad as Russia and Vladimir Putin is, they are, without question, partners. It's fucking hard to believe. That stuff will come to light, too, and that will cause Donald Trump all kinds of fucking problems. You know, the people that say nothing's going to happen to Donald Trump, well, maybe it's not happening fast enough, but this will all come crashing down around him. He will be destroyed, and um, who knows what will happen to him, but it isn't going to be good. All right, let's talk about another dipshit. 
<laughs> How about Alex Jones? You know who Alex Jones is. He's the guy that does the TV and radio and Internet and all this stuff. Uh, Infowars, all the conspiracy theories and all the crazy shit. Well, Alex Jones is dealing with more shit regarding the Sandy Hook uh, defamation case. You'll remember Alex Jones. He tried to suggest that uh, Sandy Hook was a hoax, that these were all crisis actors. It didn't, it didn't actually happen. It's just people trying to uh, build a case against uh, the people that were for guns and the Second Amendment and all that stuff, which was ridiculous. Now, if you're a parent who had a child at Sandy Hook and was killed, needless to say, the parents were a little annoyed. They took umbrage on what Alex Jones was saying, and they were mad. So what they did is they sued this piece of shit for defamation of character. He did everything Donald Trump would do, try to get out of it, try to get it dismissed. But no, that wasn't going to happen in this case. Now, Alex Jones didn't want to deal with it, so he thought he'd offer them a way to settle this case out of court. Now, what he did is he offered each of the 26 parents involved in this case $120,000. He offered them $120,000 for besmirching their dead children. Well, as you might guess, the parents said, fuck yourself. We want you in court. We want you uh, to testify. We want you to answer questions. And apparently, Alex Jones doesn't want to do that. Alex Jones is supposed to sit for depositions, a number of them. But he's always making excuses and refusing to appear. There was one time he said, well, I got to go to a doctor's appointment or go into the hospital for something. But it was recently found out on the day that he was supposed to be deposed, but he had an excuse that, in fact, he was in the studio recording yet another show. Well, needless to say, that pissed off the judge. The judge is getting tired of the bullshit. With escalating fines, he is punishing Alex Jones. He's got escalating fines of $25,000 per day for not showing up for the depositions. Alex Jones has essentially been called or charged with contempt of court. Now, this guy's a nutcase. This guy was emboldened by Donald Trump. He's Donald Trump's buddy. So because he's Donald Trump's buddy, he thinks he can get away with anything. I mean, we saw Donald Trump pardon a bunch of people. Well, Donald Trump's not in office anymore, and this case continues on. He's got no protection. And for whatever reason, he doesn't want to sit down and talk about it. He's always missing court cases, not showing up. And maybe it's because when they ask him the tough questions, he really doesn't have real answers. Because all he did is make shit up, talk about it, and thought he'd get away with it. He never figured that somebody would... Uh, sue him for defamation of character. Well, that's what they're doing. And Alex Jones is finding out something totally different. He is fucked. Now, Donald, uh, uh, Donald Trump isn't any help anymore, and 
And uh, Alex Jones has a lot of money. But he doesn't have that kind of money. And what's going to be happening is he is going to be drained of every dollar he has. And as I've said before with uh, Donald Trump, I'm happy if they drain him of all his money and his power and his respect and his uh, and his standing and all that sort of thing. I don't know if Alex Jones has done anything criminal because he was part of the insurrection thing. We'll know as more stuff comes out about that, and that could mean jail time for Alex Jones. But if nothing else, this court case is going to drain him of all his money. He is going to be done. He's not going to have any more power. He's not even going to have the ability to do a show unless some small radio station decides to give him 12 bucks an hour to do a fucking show. And that would be the only way something like that will happen. So uh, good on Alex Jones, that piece of shit. The last story we'll talk about is not so much about politics, but kind of kind of crisscrosses with politics. There's an interesting news story going around right now. Apparently, the company Meta, which is the parent company of Facebook, is spending a lot of money with large GOP consulting firm to take down TikTok. Now, I don't know how many of you listen to me on TikTok, but I'm on there and I've been on there for about a month and a half or, or a month and a half, a year and a half. And I've gotten some good traction there and a lot of followers and all that sort of thing. Uh, but uh, Facebook is not liking TikTok. Apparently, TikTok is taking away too much of their audience. I can tell you this. I used to post on Facebook all the time until I got tired of it. It was bullshit. I quit posting on Facebook, and I went to TikTok. And you know what? I like TikTok a lot better. Now, granted, there are some issues with TikTok. There are a lot of issues with TikTok. I mean, TikTok has had some problems with the the Republican Party, too. Uh, If you're a liberal or a Democratic creator on TikTok... There's this thing going around where all these Trump will gang up and uh, report uh, videos in mass and they'll keep reporting and they'll take down a lot of liberal or Democratic creators. And for whatever reason, TikTok allows this to happen, which is stupid because you've got all these Trump with two and three followers taking down Big creators with 300,000, 800,000, a million, two million. I mean, that just doesn't make sense with their business model. Why would you let these little fucking accounts with no followers, no content, no likes, take down the meat and potatoes of your business? All I can think is that it's not paying attention. Now, these people aren't taking down the liberal uh, creators for anything of any legitimate reasons. I mean, I will get things taken down from time to time, but I'm pretty careful about it. Um, And it'll be for stupid stuff. They will just label it anything, even if it's not appropriate. I've seen people doing political things, and they get taken down for nudity. Well, of course there's no nudity. So what you do is you send it back to TikTok. They say, yeah, this is bullshit. And then they put it up. 
But this is causing a lot of problems with some of the bigger creators. And uh, some people have just been banned permanently because they had so many violations. But they weren't violations. They were just these fucks doing what they do. But apparently Facebook is concerned about the competition with TikTok. They're not liking that uh, they're losing a lot of people to TikTok. And here's what's ironic about Facebook. Facebook was taking a lot of Russian money. They were allowing a lot of fake news, uh, gaslighting, and fake news stories about Democrats, about Joe Biden, about Hillary Clinton. I mean, they were a big part of how the Russians meddled in the 2016 and the 2020 presidential elections. They've been caught doing it. Now, these people have the audacity to complain about TikTok. They're saying TikTok is a bad place. We've got to save our children. And then they go get a GOP consulting firm to help them with this, probably a similar consulting firm uh, that helped the Republicans during 2016 and 2020 and probably will be helping in 2022 in November. So, Here's Facebook, who got in all kinds of trouble. Mark Zuckerberg got in all kinds of trouble for the amount they allowed um, Russia to infiltrate their app and put out this fake news and try to affect the election. They got in a lot of trouble for it. They were exposed for it. So what do they do? They complain about it, but then they go to the Republicans again, and now they're trying to do it to TikTok. That's just not a good look for Facebook. I used to be on Facebook. I don't waste my fucking time anymore because it's a joke. It really is a joke, and they're taking people down there for stupid shit. Same thing as what's going on on uh, TikTok. All these Trumplefucks get butthurt, and they complain about a video that they don't like. Never mind that it's totally true and totally legitimate. They just don't like it, so they take it down. And let me explain to you how these things get taken down. The way they get taken down is kind of the same way uh, when you post something on eBay. This happens a lot with with, uh, designer-type products. There are people that sell nothing but designer products on eBay. And if somebody comes along and throws up one designer item because they got it in a garage sale or whatever, these people won't like it. So they'll immediately report it and say it's not real, even though it probably is real. Then it's incumbent on the person who posted this one thing to prove it's real. But without any investigation, they take it down. Now it's on you to prove it's real. It's a pain in the ass. And that's exactly what's happening on TikTok and exactly what's happening on Facebook. People think that uh, TikTok is taking people down or Facebook is taking people down because they're looking at all the content and deciding, oh, that one's bad. This one is good. They're not doing that. They're not looking at the content. They're waiting for a complaint. And their immediate reaction to a complaint is take it down. Now it's incumbent on me or whoever else on TikTok or Facebook to prove it's really not a problem. It's more of a nuisance than anything. But here's the thing. With TikTok particularly, 
if I get taken down enough times, even though every video was reinstated, then this algorithm or whatever says, oh, this guy's been reported too much. We need to ban him for about two days or a week or a month or permanently. The whole thing is a fucking mess. And now Facebook is wading into doing exactly what the Russians did, exactly what the Republicans did, and they want to somehow get us to switch back to Facebook. Well, they don't understand how technology works. Things are real popular for a while, then they go away, like MySpace. Facebook comes in, it runs its, uh, it runs its stretch, and then they go to something else, like TikTok. And those of us on TikTok know that at some point, TikTok will wear out its welcome and something else will come up. That's just the way it goes. You can fight like hell to grab onto your power and hold on to it, but you can't. That's just not the way it goes. It's funny. Facebook is acting just like the Republicans. They know they're losing ground. They know they're losing power and will ultimately lose money. So they're scraping and grabbing and trying to save themselves at all cost. And they're willing to do it in an unethical way. That's what Facebook and Meta is doing in this situation. Again, not that TikTok is faultless because they have a lot of problems. But they should focus on making their business model better and more attractive to people like me or whoever else goes on TikTok to go back to Facebook. But at this point, there is no reason to. And ultimately, that'll be the case with TikTok. Something else will come along. That's why I do the podcast. (laughs) TikTok's not forever. So I want something that I can hold on to that can go on as long as I want it to. And that is the podcast. And I thank you very much for listening to the podcast. Again, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to actually listen to what I have to say. It's much appreciated. And uh, I hope you have a great day today. And of course, we'll be back tomorrow to talk about some more shit. So you have a great day. See you later. Thanks for listening to the Rational Boomer Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. We'll see you next time. Next time.